Hello, everyone, and welcome to the newest episode of The Jay Davis Show. I'm super excited for the guest today, uh, Jonathan Booz. He is the founder and CEO of Work and Stiffs. We were already talking so much before, we were like, we should actually start recording. <laughs> we're having too much fun. So, Jonathan, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me on, Jay. Appreciate being here. Yeah. Well, we were kind of reconnecting because we'd connected in the past and talking I would love, let's have you give a quick background of kind of what got you to where you are today. And then I would love to dive into some of those lessons that we were talking about, just some <laughs> of the challenges of e-com that are, that are coming up and, and how you're, you're learning from them. So let's start with kind of how you got to where you are today. Yeah. So, so, uh, 2005 is when I invented, uh, the magnetic collar state. So it was a, it was literally, I was running late for some dinner reservations I had with my wife and I've told this story many times, people may have heard it, but, uh, the collar, yeah, I put on the, on a shirt that she had just bought me and I looked like John Travolta from Saturday Night Fever, the collar was all flop and I kept on saying, man, if the collar was just sitting here and not here, literally quickly in the mirror, I come up with this idea of magnetically pinning down the collar because I had a badge uh, from a a dealership that I work for where, you know, like a magnetic battery, put the badge on the front instead of pinning through. And uh, that's kind of what started it. Uh, 2006 is when it took about a year to kind of develop it and, you know, trying to find the right partners. Don't, don't know how to manufacture it. So you're learning all these things. I, I know more about magnets today than I ever knew I would. And all these well, it took about a year and we, um, we had a product sitting in my garage um, at the time and uh, my wife, we had a, our firstborn. And so when she went back to work, um, I got a phone call from her crying. They threw her a big party and she's like, I don't think I want to go back to work. I'm like, ah. <laughs> like what are we going to do? I'm like, well, we got the collar stays in the garage we can sell, you know? So we, we, we literally, um, when we went developing and all this stuff, we started we literally started out of our car. We we went from one men's specialty store to the other, and these were stores that we, you know, I didn't shop in. I mean, I couldn't I couldn't afford to even look through the window of the store, let alone go. In. But I would send Amy would go in. My wife she'd go in, and my son at the time, our son was ten months old, and he was in the uh, buckled in the car, and that's how it started. We went from one specialty store to the next, and uh, then we did. That was in August of 06. And then come January of 07, we went to our first trade show in New York. Um, again, you know, we're green. We don't, you know, we're, we're just from one foot in front of the other. And uh, we, at that show, we got, you know, we kind of attained about 60 men's specialty stores. And that's kind of what began the the process of working stiffs. And we had one product at the time, which was this magnetic collar stay. And uh, like a couple of years later, you know, was when the patent actually fully published. And at the time, the attorneys were, you know, kind of yelling at me like, yo, why are you going to market already? And I'm like, well, how am I going to afford you people? Like, you know, you guys cost me an arm and a leg. It's been, it's been a, you know, my, my background, I didn't go to college. I don't have like a business background. I was very entrepreneurial as a kid. Uh, I would sell candy in middle school, you know, red hots in the winter and lemon heads in the, in the spring. And I, I didn't even know what marketing, you know, you're just doing and the, the joy, you know, making a little money hustle. So th that's kind of my background is just, you know, kind of like, you know, getting things done. Uh, but my, my, my kind of true background, I was an insurance adjuster, believe it or not. And at the time when I started working stuff, so I was a, I was a manager of a collision, uh, a collision center that had a um, their franchise 
So I was a general manager of two collision centers, you know, peddling magnetic collar stays with my, with my life <laughs> and turned into a full-time gig. So that, that was, that was 06, 07. And then in, um, in 09, 2009 is when I met Nordstrom. So Nordstrom, by that time, we had about 300 men's specialty stores and Nordstrom, uh, like really put us on the map for a major. So yeah, then, then kind of like that kind of started, started having meetings with Saks Fifth Avenue, Bloomingdale's, Neiman Marcus. And then, uh, my first meeting, uh, in a cab in Manhattan, going to see Saks Fifth Avenue, I get a phone call from the casting director of Shark Tank. So that was season one had happened. This was for season two. And yeah, so it was like all these like little stepping stones that were happening pretty, you know, quickly from 06 to 2000, that by that time it's the end of 2010. So you have like a full four years in. And, um, and then it's in our journey. But like I was talking to you before we were on air here is that, you know, we, we are a true B2B business. I mean, you know, we, did we have a .com? Absolutely. It, it was a one page website that I built with a buy now button right on, right on my page. Like there was no like about us. It was just, and, uh, we would get orders and it wasn't until, uh, uncrate.com. Uh, we, I just started getting, we, we got 200 orders in one day and I was like, what in the world just happened? And I went to find out that uncrate did a little feature on us and that kind of, that, that, that was a, a, you know, turned into a life of its own, but you know, we were back in, back in 2006, which sounds like 1906, but you know, there was no social media, you know, yeah. like, you're just starting, right? Oh, so, there's no Shopify. I mean, that's, that's what people right. don't recognize. Oh, please. Yeah. Oh man. Jay, those days we did it with a buy now button through PayPal. Yeah. And email that says you've got money. You've got it. So you got mail from like AOL, right? And to process yeah. these orders were so painful. Like yeah. I, I still have nightmares. Like I kind of believe that you get 200 <laughs> orders back then and you're like, uh, how many days is this going to take me to fulfill? Yeah. Now, now everything's so seamless. I like Shopify. Yeah. I mean, when, but you know, it's interesting. I mean, you know, COVID hitting and everything. You know, so today e-commerce for us is very different than it was back then. And they, to see these challenges and these hurdles. Uh, are very different today than they were even four years ago. Uh, the cost of acquisition, all this stuff has gone up. Yeah. I love it. One of the lessons I love that you said, and this is one of the o- overarching themes of this podcast that anyone who listens, every great company is someone sitting there saying, man, I hate this. I should fix it. And I, and so anytime a friend comes or someone comes like, I'm thinking of starting a business. I'm like, you're already on the wrong foot, dude. You know, like yeah. uh, Jerry Seinfeld has this great episode of Comedians in Cars where him and uh, um, Steve Harvey are talking about, can you teach comedy? And and Jerry Seinfeld said he got asked to speak at a college class on comedy. Like it's a class on how to become a comedian. <laughs> and he said he walked in and was basically like, the fact that you're in here is a very bad sign. Yeah, like I... <laughs> you should just go do it. And I think that that's what I love about your story and hearing that is so fun. You just were like, this is a problem and I'm going to fix it. And it doesn't matter if you went to college. It doesn't matter if you have a business degree, if you're already been an entrepreneur before, who cares? Just do it. Just, just do get it. started. Yeah, I agree. I think the thing is, 
you know, there was a, an older gentleman at our first trade show, I was telling you, in, in New York, and he pulled me aside. This, he had to be like in his 70s. And he says to me, he goes, you're not from this industry, are you? I'm like, nope. <laughs> and he's like, well, because if you were, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have never gotten involved in this industry. And, it, and it's kind of, and I, I kind of understood what he's saying because it's like, you know, to think back at the time, when you don't know what you don't know, you, you just do, you figure it out. And I, and I kind of, we've been very fortunate in, you know, I, I believe in a work ethic, you know, it's like, and you you have to stay consistent and you have to stay moving forward and, you know, put out a good product. So for me, it's always been about, and I, I think I said this to you before off air, which is design first, you know? So for us, like I care more about like, you know, the quality of the craftsmanship. And, you know, I always ask why, why do we do it this way? Why do you do it that way? Can we, you know, and kind of really dive into like the, the quality of the product because after that like you know the product speaks for itself you know we we as a company have always had hurdles where you know you'd go in and you'd, you'd, uh, if the buyer was a woman and um, you know selling menswear it's like you know a, a male buyer buying women's underwear for you know it's like it's just like a disconnect it's like well why do you need this and it's like well, let me show you, you know, send it to, give it to your colleagues, give it, give it to, you know, your assistant, whoever, if, it, if it's a guy gift to him and, and because even with men, for the most part, don't even realize there's a problem, you know, you walk around and there's like all this way and that. And, and then when you put it in and you're like, and they're like, oh my goodness, I can't believe it. Look how much better I look. And it's that like little magical moment that happens. And it, and it still happens to this day, you know, we'll be at an airport and, I'll see one of the, what we sort of like my, the work assist guy. And I'm like, and I'm like, have you ever heard of work assist? No. And I'm like, oh, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> Something here is like, you want everybody to know who you are. But then again, when they don't, it gets you just as excited from when I started because you're, you're showing them. And then all of a sudden you have someone walking away. Like they don't even, it's not that they just look better, but they feel better. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah and that's kind of like what we try to do is like the sense of confidence. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I love it. Well, what if you, I mean, this is something we started getting into and we were like, we should just start hit record. Talk about how your overall theory and strategy of how to build a business has changed, maybe especially in the last five years, but you can pull lessons from from longer than that, but really tactical because this is where I get with other entrepreneurs who run e-com businesses who also do wholesale and they're in multi-channel. I feel like this is where we all start geeking out with each other of like, yeah. so how are you building your business? Like <laughs> real tactical, not like very high level stuff, but tactical, real things. So let me, yeah, let, I'll say something I didn't tell you. And I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a game changer for us. So we started with one product and all we heard when I say, wait, my wife and I, all we heard was you're never going to make it with one product. You're never going to make it with one product. And that, so what, what do I do? I start, I, I'm a designer. I, I've I've always designed, right? I've and I'm learned and you know illustrator and Photoshop, all these little you know. But you know I've expanded myself along, but I'm not formally trained. And I'll put that out. Not formally trained, but I've always had an eye for design. So when you hear these people, when you hear people telling you, and even buyers, when you have a some a successful product, you know, oh, can you do tie bars? Can you do cufflinks? So I'm I'm selling wallets and designing cufflinks and all these things. And I amassed a catalog. I turned into a men's accessories company off of one product. Uh, we had over 500 SKUs. And this is going back in about 2017. I'm going to these trade shows. I can see the landscape kind of changing. Everything's going a little more digital. You can kind of feel the 
the climate in the room with the buyers, everything. There's like this shift. They're talking about brands that are online that have no longevity. The perception is that they're bigger than what they are because they're doing a lot of ad spend. So there's like this transition thing going on. And the one thing that was making us the most money for the company and all the research and development and all the travel and all the things were the, was the magnetic colleges was the one product that I not only, you know, have a patent on, but I have successfully defended it against many small companies. I even uh, went up against Amazon. So that, that one product was supporting everything I was doing. So strategically, I made the decision. I said, I'm going to unload all these SKUs and I'm going to just sell the magnetic collar stays. And um, my right-hand man at the time thought I went cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. He's like, this is never going to work. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, correct. 100%. 2018 um, was transitional because, you know, I had all this inventory with like silicone bags and all this stuff I had, I, I had designed over time. And there was stuff that I got knocked off with that I didn't have any IP around. Anyways, I have stories galore. But in, all these stories had made me focus and say, hey, look it. Let's 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 get real here on what's making us the money, and let's simplify the business. So I, I unload over 450 SKUs, and it's zero in into under 30 SKUs, which was all the magnetic collar stays. So 2018, after talking to your stores that you built relationships with, and saying, "No, we're not doing that anymore." What about you know? What about your wallets? No, cufflinks. No. 2019 was the first year that we went in, uh, very hyper focused on the core product. And it changed. We had our best year in 2019 top line as well as bottom line. And it also changed with, um, you know, the e-com business was was catching up with our wholesale business. So we could see that happening over the years. But 2019 was the real year where it was like hyper-focused on the product we we're selling because we were the leader in the product. You know, it wasn't a, a me too product. Successfully de have defended it over the years. And we're like, we're going all in on this. So it went well. Uh, we, we, we tested in uh, men's warehouse and at holiday 2019, we were the number one men's accessory for men's warehouse. January of 2020, it was, uh, we were going to go into all doors, men's warehouse, all doors, Joseph A. Banks. My wife and I flew to California, met with the buyers. We're high five in each other because we're trying to get into mid tier because we, we played so much into the, into the thin air of uh, North Shamim and Sachs Bloomingdale's. We're now stepping into mid-tier. This is great. It's proven itself. And then um, having conversations with, with with buyers of Kohl's and and Target and, and, uh, and then COVID hits. And that was like doomsday. So what happened was March 16th, you know, people are pull, pulling purchase orders, everything, you know, people are losing their jobs. There are people that you become friends with and, and colleagues in business. And, um, you know, I held on to my employees as long as I possibly could, because I didn't think it was going to, you know, COVID, I didn't think, I thought, ah, it's going to maybe two months and that's it. Who knew it was going to be as long as it was. And, um, but I had to do business differently because it was like, you know, I had about 12 people internally and my wife and I are looking at each other again. So like I, I said, yeah, we're, we're not a startup. We, we became a startup, like, <laughs> and some of coming back to what you were saying earlier about, you know, just doing like, you know, start a business. It's like when you go through at that time, I don't know, 13, 14, 15 years of business and you have all these stories, 
you know, things become scary because you kind of, you kind of look ahead a little more and get a little more strategic, not, not only because you have to, but because of your past experience, when you're a little, when you're green, you kind of like, you do it, you know, there's, but when the money gets higher and things are at stake, you kind of have to go, all right, how, how am I going to get from here to here? And you decide. Yeah. And you realize, you kind of realize where, where maybe you were spending money frivolously. It didn't, it didn't, you know, not that the money didn't matter, but you're making a lot more. So you're spending. So then you start really figuring out like, okay, it's, it reminded me when I started the company, like how much are we spending for ink? How much, are we, you know, but you're like, well, you're worried about ink and paper. Like, so you kind of, so uh, yeah, and it was just a rethought. And then I go, well, how are we going to rebuild this company in a different way? Because all of a sudden the, the, the pendulum started swinging where, Ecom became the majority of the business. Never happened before. That wasn't it. It was, you know, we had a great blend. So yeah, we 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 started hiring out uh, teams, really interviewing outside companies to try to be an extension of us internally and work with a smaller team internally to work with small teams externally to build the company in a different way. And a lot of that has come into um, you know digital. You know, uh, kind of how we never had to have a better understanding of like Google AdWords and Amazon ads and, you know, Facebook ads and, like, you know, and all the ROAS and the tacos. And, like, all, all of a sudden, like some back, look, it, I knew, but I, I never really vested myself anyway, because either I had a person that was kind of doing it, but the, but the business never relied on, it. you know, what I'm saying? so like the business. Yeah. So strategically, it was just like, all right, we've got to now get a new, um, a new mindset. You know, we got to, we got to kind of look at, you know, what, what does this stuff really mean and trying to align ourselves with people that are going to help us row the boat in the same direction we want to go. In. And that's, you know, that's some of that stuff's easier said than done. So many great lessons in what you said. One of the things I really want to point out for anyone listening, who's starting a business and getting going, because we went through almost the exact same thing at Pillow Cube. I mean, it was very similar. Uh, and I th and we ended up uh, last year, we bought a company for one of our other brands called Stairslide. We bought this company and added it into Stairslide. And, and the reason we were able to buy it is exactly the same reason. This, this person had built a business and they had a core number of SKUs that were just making tons of money and that they were just inventing and spending all of the money left on trying to come up with thousands of SKUs. And it it just it sunk the business because they weighed it down. And I think we did something similar. Luckily we learned quickly at Pillicube, but we were doing the same thing. And and I had this advisor who would always say to me, he'd say, Jay, there are still tens of millions, hundreds of millions of people who have never heard of your main products and never bought your main products. Don't forget that. So keep improving them, keep optimizing them make them great, but don't be so obsessed with this idea of growth through launching new things. And I think that is such a common kind of mistake in mentality. And then so often it's exactly what you said. We we have another friend who um, she'd kind of done the same thing. She just started launching stuff more like, wait, but that's the same as this other company. And that's the same as this other company. But your core thing is amazing and so unique. And I think working stiffs is such a great example of that is like the first time I saw it years ago, I was like, that is a brilliant freaking idea. Why did no one ever do that? 
I had the same name tags. I had had retail jobs where I had that magnet on my chest. I should have had the thought. And so I think that's such an important lesson for entrepreneurs. It's like learn from, uh, from people who have gone through it and made this mistake. You don't have to invent thousands of new products uh, to make that money. Oh, yeah, I, I, I agree. Yeah, you know, I think that's such a common thing. How how have you shifted since then? What what's been different now that you guys aren't constantly launching new things? Have you how have you learned and kind of fine tuned even that strategy? So we, we, our focus now is to align with other companies, uh, like minded companies. Now for us, it's it's shirts, right? It's to get work consistent and and shirts. So our focus really is a, a, as an added value. So we know what, we know what works uh, in store. We're, we're usually found at cash wrap. So if at, at a Nordstrom, we're in the furnishings department, and the and the and the manor is you know significant others coming to, to check out, and we're almost like the pack of gum, right? As sitting there at cash wrap, it's like, oh, would you like you know would you like fries with that, right? So and it's working, and uh, and so that's and I've seen it work with my own two eyes many times because I'd be I'd visit stores when I travel. And so you have that mouthpiece. So we're, we're doing that digitally, right? So we're trying to really align ourselves not only with men's stores, because a lot of these, a lot of our stores are independent, specialty stores. They're not, they're not e-com. They're, they're, they're going through the same type of like, uh, knowledge transformation of getting on e-com, right? COVID really put a stake in the ground where, you know, to survive, you had to adopt e-com. So a lot of the stores that we were talking to that would be like, oh, you know, we're, we would never do e-com. All of a sudden, they are adopting it because they have to. For us, it's getting our product through the checkout process is where it really is is magical for work and stuff. It's when someone is putting up a shirt, a collared shirt. It could be a, you know, we do holo stays, which is a stick-on magnetic collar stain that goes through over like 100 wash and dry cycles. But that so for any shirt that has a collar, work and stiffs has a solution. And when it's presented to the customer through the checkout process as like an upsell or a pop-up, it's usually, you know, the, the conversion rate is through the roof, right? So it's it's similar to in-store, uh, just getting the mindset around it. The secondary version of that is aligning with shirt companies. So one of a shirt company that we do great business with is Mizzen and Maine out of Dallas, Texas. Yeah. So Mizzen, they do, they love working stiffs. Uh, we've had a relationship for many years. But it's really, it's so funny. You see these early adopters and how much money they're making off of the product as, a, as, a, as an add-on value. And you're really trying to tell those guys like the untuckets of the world or, you know, public and, and call, which I think, I, you know, Ben, it's like, God, yeah, add work and stiffs to the cart or show the customer upon, and it and it's, you know, bring up your average order value instantly. Right? You're going to increase your average order value. So that's kind of the shift for us is like really working with the stores uh, as well as brands to place us digitally. We do uh, blind drop shipping so that uh, you don't even have to do any of the legwork. We just, we fulfill for you, for the store, for the, for the brand. Uh, that way they don't, there's no inventory stance. They don't have to, you know, take any kind of money out for inventory. We try to take as many hurdles away. So strategically, that's kind of like where where our mindset is. Is like, you know, how can we align? How can we partner? And how can we make it as painless as possible? And some of these, uh, we will even work with, uh, the, you know, like you said, 
Shopify. Shopify is, is a platform we're on. We're very familiar with Shopify. So when someone has a Shopify platform, uh, we have a seamless integration uh, that we do a dropship model through. And we'll even go on the back end and set it up if need be. Because it's, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we're trying, it, it's a, you know, yeah, it's a nice thing we're doing, but it's also benefiting us because the quicker we can get you onboarded, right, the quicker we're both making money. So, yeah, that's kind of the strategies that we're doing over here because we know we know where we are. You know, we, we are an added value product, so we try to have added value services as a brand. Yeah, yeah that is, man, that is genius. And that's almost like, I mean, I'm sure you thought of this, but I think that's almost a bigger shift in thinking than... Like, as you're saying, I'm like, man, that, that's probably what we're going to be talking and thinking about e-com in 10 years is I, we don't all have to be the store that you can have these key, you know, Mizzen and Main becomes the store, but then you can add in whatever you want and, you know, things will get shipped from a couple different locations or maybe they're all in the same warehouse by that point. And, and the warehouse is just saying, well, they ordered from Mizzen and Main, but they added on you know, working stiffs and they added this thing and they added this thing and, and we're all working a little more collaboratively than maybe we have been imagining in e-com. I think that the idea that now, because I, I had come up with a program, oh my goodness, 10 years ago with the same, with the same kind of thought of warehousing so that like the major stores, because they're, they're shipping from all multiple locations, but if everybody was in like your, your um, collaborative instead of competitive, you can really kind of leverage the shipping uh you know costs go way down if you can get that done on the digital end of things that's the idea the idea is really the the, the third layer for us is align ourselves with companies that we can also show on our site as a complementary product such as you know even a shirt or a wallet or so so that we don't really have to innovate those things um that we can actually you know feature them to our customer base that we know that they would, you know, gravitate towards or introduce a new brand. Um, and you can do it seasonally, or we can do it, you know, as a long-term partnership, but that's kind of the things that we're looking at doing is it, it, won't, it won't be a one-way street right now. It's kind of one way because we've got a small team where we're on an initiative getting this done, but we want to open up the, the door so that it goes the other way so that we can feature those products on our site. Cause there's, there's great, I mean, as you know, there's so many great companies out there. So, unknown I, I knew like dr squatch before oh my goodness guys i knew so back tommy john underwear you, you familiar with tommy uh, yeah so tom patterson and i used to used to walk the streets of manhattan how do we get to the next level now he's like gonna be like a unicorn like i'm like you know so it's like it's it's kind of crazy to see some of these brands that like you know and kudos to tommy and and his wife Aaron. they i knew them before they were married you know they very focused very focused. And I think that's the key to some of this stuff is like, if you start designing and making and doing R and D on all this other product, you're spending a lot of money and more importantly, time and focus away from your product. That's actually making you the money. I think that's kind of where, you know, the light bulb went on for me. And in this day and age of econ, especially Amazon, which is like, you know, the gorilla you have to do business with, right. we all could have our, our say, whether we like Amazon or dislike Amazon, they're here to stay, but thing, they're able to get you the best at what you do, right? So it's like, you know, you can buy them. I don't need to make a, a work and stiff shirt. We were we were going down that path. We had a buyer 
if you would do work in stiff shirts, that would be amazing what your collar stays. And we did. I spent two years going to factories and mills and learning about fabric and da 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 And it's like, let the people that I don't I'm not in love with fabric. Like <laughs> a good shirt, but I'm not I'm not that vested in it. So to me, I, I get more of a kick kind of partnering with people and uh getting things done. And actually, you know, for us, we're like that sleeper. Like, you know, uh, uh, people don't understand how much business we do because in the in the accessories category, especially with men, because men does you know, for the most part don't like to get off their wallets, but those that do. Uh, and the accessories, it plays a small part uh, of, of the overall buyer's, you know, uh, retail. However, you know, our, if work is just collar stay sells probably about 10 to 20 times more than a regular collar stay does uh, on the on the floor. So to get someone, uh, a buyer or whoever, to, to, to kind of test it, and that's all we have. We just ask the test. We're like, hey, test us in how many stores you want or how many little you want. And see what it does for you because i don't want anything on your floor that's not going to perform so we're, we're just like that sleeper that all of a sudden people don't expect you you under promise and over deliver that's kind of like you know and and the product doesn't you know speaks for itself you know so we're we're very fortunate you know with with the brand and with the the product so you know i look back and think about all the time and money i wasted i had fun don't get me wrong i had fun enjoyed designing but at the end of the day it wasn't paying the bills you know it was Actually, online, it paid the bills. It wasn't bringing more money home. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Home, you know. And that's and that's an easy thing to get into this mentality where the constant coming up with new ideas kind of becomes the payment instead of running a really profitable business. And but, and and I think that kind of is something that almost everyone needs to go through and have that challenge. But I love what you said, and and man, that is such a great lesson. Um, because it's funny, even as before we got on today, I was like, I wonder if he's ever thought about doing shirts. And like, honestly, that's a stupid, you know, <laughs> naive question. But that's what's funny is like, it does. I, I love that you've gone through this journey of like, I'm going to do belts and wallets and shirts and, and everything that people would probably naturally think is the way to go. And then all of a sudden be like, wait a second, there's a million people making shirts. There's so yeah. many people in there and there it's a competitive market. Why don't I work with all those people? And I don't have to become the one stop shop. I mean, this is something that, um, you know, we get asked on pillow cube. People say, you know, when are you going to do the pillow cube store? And I'm like, I'm never going to do the pillow cube store. Uh, and here's the reason why, when you watch someone shop for bedding, they don't like having to go to 10 places. They like comparative shopping. The whole joke that Mattress Firm is a front for money laundering is <laughs> funny because do you know how many sales Mattress Firm needs to make a day to have a good store? Two. That's all they need. They need huh. two people. And I, I can't remember the exact statistic, but it's like they have a very high rate of closing when someone comes in because they're like, I'm looking for a mattress. And then they walk in, they're like, wait, you have every company pretty much? Oh, I'll just buy it here. Yeah. And so they don't need... 10,000 people going through their doors like most stores or even 500 people. They need like five people a day. And so that's why they look like a money laundering front because no one's ever there, but that's okay. And I think that that's, it's exactly what you're saying. It's so easy to fall into that. Oh, now you have call, uh, you know, dress shirt collars, uh, collar stays that are the best in the world. 
now you got to do wallets. Now you got to do this. Now you got to do this. And you're saying, wait a second. No, I don't have to. What's a different route? And I just love that. That's such a great lesson. I think, I think that's the, the other thing is, is like, I'm, I'm not naive to know, like, you know, I, I, I never, I never started this business going, I'm going to make millions of dollars on a car state. It was like that, right? It was, it was, what we've been able to do has been even, f- I have friends that tell me, I mean, look what you've done with a collar state, like how much money it's like, but it's really, it's being the best. Like I forget that it's magnetic. The, the, the work that we, we use a German a surgical steel that's every every one of our metal colleges are hand polished we go through hoops that no one else would go through for a collar so i say you know just when you compare a, a regular college state to work assist on every level we want it to be better you know so but but it, it, it is interesting like you know you you're you're led to believe that you have to create this brand and the brand has to be an apparel brand or an accessories brand to become successful and then the other thing is you know, everyone's definition of success is different too. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'll be 49 this year and my, my son is now my firstborn 17. He'll be 18 in a couple months and my daughter's 12. So, I mean, that, you know, that changes things too, as you kind of grow up and life changes a little bit. And so success is, is different. Now that doesn't mean I'm not still innovating. I've got other products that, have, <laughs> that are in development, but it, it has nothing to do with work and steps. And, and, and I want to go about it differently. You know, I kind of like, will I take the same exact path that I took with work and steps? No, you know, I'm going to take the learning I've learned to see if I can, you know, do a shorter path because I, I, when I, when I started this company, I was probably about two, three years in and, a, and my accountant says, what's your exit plan? I said, exit plan? What do you mean? What, what's an exit plan? It's, <laughs> you mean to die? What are you talking about? He's like, no, like, with the business, I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm, gonna, I'm just trying to make money, man. I don't know what you're talking about. You know, as you get older, you're like, yeah, what's the exit plan? Like, like you know, and, and maybe there isn't one. I, but, you know, back then, not even knowing what an exit plan was to today, knowing what that means, which sounds very probably naive and stupid. I don't know. I mean, so is a magnetic collar state, whatever. It's like, it's like, you just, you just do, but as, as you age, you know, you're trying to, you know, help others. Like, you know, I get a lot of different emails and I try to really help people out. Like, I don't want people to make the same mistakes I, I've made, but a lot of these things, you know, you don't know everything about every industry. So there's always these little nuances and somebody may see something differently. And that's what, that's the people that usually make a difference because they don't see it the way everyone else sees it. And if you stick to your guns to it, um, you know, good things happen. I don't, I don't take no, uh, very easily. I mean, I'll accept the no, but I don't, I, I mean, I, you know, I can maybe understand it this, then the other, but I don't, I don't, I don't let it stop me because if I know that something can be done and just because it doesn't exist or whatever, and I'm talking about feasible things, when I'm talking about television transportation or something to another planet. I'm talking about like, you know, there's, there's something that's going on right now, Jay, where I quickly on a piece of paper designed something for a company. I said, if you would just build this, that looks like this, da, 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 what I'm asking you to do can be done. They're like, that is genius. Never thought of it. I'm like, okay, there you go. I mean, like I do it. Like, I don't, you know, they're like, well, why don't you make it? I'm like, because I, I don't know. I'm not, I have no interest in that business. Other than to get the thing that I need done, done. You go, pal. I don't care. I just, I just, you know, I know what I know. 
you have to be passionate to get things done. My, you know, say my passion wasn't to do shirts. You know, do, 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 do you walk down that path because it could probably make you some money and you have a lot of great ends that you can maybe be successful in getting it done. But there's a lot, there's a lot of headaches that come with some of that stuff. I like, I'm very, you know, it doesn't get more simpler than a metal and a magnet. I'm telling you, it's simple. You know, and it's easy. Maybe your pillow cube too. It's, it's, it's simple. You know what I'm saying? You just have to find the niche that it fits in and you work with people. And they, as long as they'll work with you, you know, you know it, it, you're good to go. But not everyone, and maybe you've seen this too with, with, with your endeavor, is that maybe not everybody sees it your way. And you don't, and, and with .com and e-com, you, I mean, you can literally, you're, you're the master of your own domain. I mean, you can tell, you you know, because you can do it yourself if you want, you know? Mm-hmm. So. No, I, I love that. And I, and I think that's something to be very careful of as an entrepreneur is you're going to get people who are like, that's not a big enough market. You know, that's too simple. No one does it that way. We got that with Pillow Cube. Like, it's just a, we actually, one of our videos is making fun of that. How everyone's like, so it's just a cube pillow? And you're like, yeah, that's literally it. But no one has ever done it before. Not a single company has ever marketed and sold just a cube-shaped pillow that's square. I mean, it's just crazy. So, but but those simple things, and that's something I love, and, and something I love about working stiffs is that there will be guys who will pass that on to their children because it's so well-made that it'll be like, hey, uh, this lasted me 90 years, <laughs> uh, and now you get it. And that's I a, think- that, that is, you know, I, I have friends who are like, you gave me those color sticks. I remember when you started the company, I still have the same ones. I'm like, no, maybe they're worth something. I'm like, I'm like man. You're like, dang it. I did too good of a job. But I, <laughs> but I think that that's so awesome. And that's, that speaks to, to your ability to really have yeah. that attention to detail and want to make something that customers just love and are passionate about. And so I, I think that there's so many great lessons there and, Man, it's so fun to just kind of see that that progression and how how things have improved over time and changed over time. And you've had to do the, you know, the start over. But I think that oh, yeah. that's part of being in a startup is you have to kind of always be willing to like, yeah, I know we thought that last year. Now we've learned and grown and realized it's different. Yeah, hundred percent. I think you have to be willing to look at the numbers or. And, and really make some hard decisions that maybe you wouldn't have made a year ago because you know today's different. And you know, I even talking to my son, who's like I said, he's almost eighteen, and he has ideas and stuff. And it's like, and and, and it's so funny because I look back and you see these companies or you see movies, right, where the son wants to take over the business and he has all these ideas and that'll never work. That'll never work. And you start becoming that guy. I'm like, man, work. But now I'm like, you know, hold on, the world's different. You know, TikTok. Instagram, like I personally, you know, we have stuff uh, up for the business, but I personally don't get involved in all that just because, you know, I'll, I'll go down rabbit holes. I don't want to go down. I'll be tip-talking all day, whatever they do. But my my son, you know, he's very well versed and, and has an understanding. He And he actually has an innate business mind, you know, he's, he's very, like, I, I, I'm like, man, he reminds me of me. I'm, I'm, and, and he's, you know, he's 17, 18. He's trying to figure out what he wants to do. In, in life and i'm like you have time i'm like i was 31 when i started working steps i'm like like Aiden, you have you have you have time to figure out you know, so it's it's interesting it's it's definitely 
it's definitely you have to be realistic when it comes to the times changing. And like I said, COVID, who, who thought, I never thought, I tell people 2020 ended up to be fetal position year. Like I'm like, oh my God, advocate. It wasn't until 2021 is when I kind of put my big boy pants back on and said, okay, you got to get back to work. Like, like life's different. I, I kind of had it easy for a couple of years. I had a, I had a good life, but now it's, now I got to do the grind again. <laughs> and, and, but you know what? If I wasn't passionate about what I do and didn't love it, I wouldn't have done it. You know, I wouldn't, you know, so, and and we're still today, we are back to like pre COVID. But like I said, the business looks differently. Ecom is a major player. And we're just trying to figure out the next, you know, kind of uh, the next steps. And really, you know, when you make a decision, kind of, you know, go all in on it. Uh, and, you know, don't be foolish about it. But, you know, you have to you really have to put the time in. I always talk about in here uh, consistency. It's like, you know, if, if you, you know, with anything, you know, a lot of people are trying to start a side hustle while they, while they, you know, they have a current employment. And then at what point do you jump from current employment into your side hustle, you know? But if you're doing it, you know, if you're doing it Monday and then again on Friday, you know, for me, I was doing it every night, every night of the week. I would go come home and then I'd keep, I'd keep working through the night, keep working, you know, and I had, you know, maybe four or six hours worth of sleep on a, on a good night, you know, because I had my day job. But you have to stay consistent because if you don't stay consistent, it's, it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't grow legs. In my experience, I mean, I don't know, maybe lightning hits, but not for me. It was just, you know, it's literally putting one foot in front of the other and, and staying at it. You know? So I had to redo it in 2021. It was like, okay, you got to get in the office every day because <laughs> my life wasn't in the office every day, you know, but, and they were able to dig out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I love it. That, that is just so true. I, I was thinking as you were saying that, that one of my favorite quotes is Ryan Holiday uh says you have to get to the point where the work is the win instead and i think that's the difference your accountant's like you know the win is eventually the exit strategy and you're like no the win is the work like that is what i love and i'm passionate about yeah and that jay i think that's the other thing i tell people money is a byproduct i I believe money is a byproduct of doing a good job I never started like, oh, I'm going to make money. It was, it was, I mean, you know, you want to make money, you have to live, but it wasn't like, that wasn't at the front of my, of my brain. Like, oh, I'm going to make all this. It was like, look it, put in the work, love what, love what, what you do. And what are you going to do? You end up working. I think people have misconceptions. I'm going to go work for myself and I'm going to work less. No, you actually work more. You work, but, but you love it so much that you know, my hobby, my, my kids will tell you what's, what's your father's hobby. Work and stuff. Something like, like I don't have a hobby. It's 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 business, and it's not it's not that I'm. I just love it. You know, I love design. I mean, I you know, I guess I guess really a, like I love packaging. So I, I'm a pack. I will buy I will buy product, not for what's inside, but for the packaging itself. And usually, and usually, when the packaging is that good, the thing inside is is, is equally as good. I, that's kind of a little thing of mine. It's like I collect packaging just because I, I can appreciate it. something, you know, that kind of allures you to, to buy that thing. Um, what makes, you know, what, because when you don't, you're talking about mattress firm, right? And you're like, no one's here. But, you know, when you have that, when you don't have a salesperson there, what's going to speak to that customer to get them to pick you up? And it, you know, nine, nine times out of 10 is the packaging. So I haven't done a fit before. <laughs> Love it. 
Well, this has been such a fun episode. Time has flown by. Usually I say we shoot for 20 minutes. We're approaching <laughs> 50. I love it. Uh, so fun. So many amazing les- lessons that, that I've learned personally. Uh, listeners can go to workingstiffs.com, right? Yes. And get yourself some collar stays that are the best collar stays on the planet. <laughs>